to God be all the glory. I'm so glad um, I'm able to meet with you again here at Live, Love, and Grow Through the Word. This is me, Pastor Jamie. I'm so excited for this moment, this time together. Um, I have to apologize. It's it's actually probably been a little bit over a week since I have met or actually um, put an episode out there on podcast. And, and for that, I, I do want to apologize. I, I've had so many things occur within the past week and a half. Um, we've had a big event occur at our church, um, River of Life. And it's called Belief Fest, and it is uh, an event specified for women, but any is, any is allowed to come, and, and we actually encourage anyone that would like to come to come. And we spend a day just soaking in the presence of God through the Word, ministering of the Word, through um, times of worship, and we have usually a couple of different speakers come in and, and minister. And, and so anyways, we were racked with getting stuff done and prepared for that, and Man, we've dealt with so many issues of colds and viruses and people being sick. And, and in my house, you know, I have, I have a lot of kids. <laughs> I have um, five, um, five kids. Um, two of them are grown and moved out and started their own family. And three still abide here at home. And, and it just so happened that one right after the other were getting sick. And I've got grandbabies. I have um, four grandbabies. And... I said four, actually, it's five, <laughs> forgive me. I have five grandbabies, and this week, even they were down. And and so dealing with different things like that, and once again, I just have to uh, apologize. I, I try really hard to um, meet the demands that are set on, you know, the responsibilities that are put before me as in a ministry, uh, as an adult. And But I have to say, you know, my family um, should come first um, when it comes to taking care of ministering. That is my my first mission field and uh, my first evangelistic opportunity. And so I just want to put out there, though, that I am sorry. Um, I am so glad at the end of all that to say I'm glad to be here with you again. And I just really want to get into the Word. And uh, let's just open up our Word to John chapter 20 and let us begin in prayer. Father, I'm so grateful for this platform that you've given to us as humanity here in 2019, Lord, that is global. And Father God, we're, we're not having to come up with money for gas. We're not having to come up with money for a plane ticket. We really are just ministering through an avenue that has lent itself to us and is free. And, and as ministers of this gospel, what a blessing. What a blessing. And, uh, and I'm so thankful, Father, for it. I'm so thankful that you've given me an opportunity to be a part of that. And I don't know. I don't know who all is being reached and touched, but Lord God, I do know that there are lives that are hearing. There are lives that are um, turning on, turning into, tuning into this podcast, and I'm so grateful. Bless them, Lord God. May their ears be open and attentive, their heart be softened. Lord God, that your word be ministered and be received by your people, that as that seed is casted out, it can fall onto the good ground of our heart. Lord God, that is not dry and brutal. That as the seeds fall, they're not making this clanking noise that the devil birds hear and they come to swoop in. But Lord God, they're able to fall onto good ground and soak right in. Lord, that fruit is produced 30, 60, 100 fold. In Jesus' name, I speak that, Lord God, over every life that is listening. Bless our time together. Lord God, at this moment, every single one of us, Lord God, um, equip us, equip us to not just be hearers of your word, but doers also. In Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name, it's John chapter 20. And, and I'm going to look at the section of scripture. I, I don't know if you're familiar. I'm just going to, I'm just going to assume you're not. And I'm just going to read to you what it says in this section of scripture. Um, this scripture pertains to Mary Magdalene. It pertains to her showing up at the tomb on the first day of the week. And she didn't show up to the tomb to meet a living Savior. That, that, that wasn't the intent of her heart. And someone would say, well, no, yes, it was. It, it wasn't. Scripture makes very plain. She'd come to anoint a body. And that would be the body of Christ. Maybe she had in her mind that his resurrection would look something different. I, I don't know. But I do know she went to anoint a body. Hence, the anointing oils that she brought with her. And she gets there to this tomb. And, and as you pull all of these Gospels together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can see a huge picture of how this morning unfolded for women, for the disciples of Christ, for the soldiers, for the high priest. Crazy things were happening on the first day of this week. And, and Mary gets there, and to her dismay, she sees that the stone's been rolled away. And so as you go through the story, you hear of all that occurs. This, this wasn't just a brief moment. This chapter actually in, engulfs in a massive amount of time on the first day of this week. She gets there to do a job, and she realizes when she gets there that she's not going to be able to do the job for the stone's been rolled away. She then in hurry and haste runs to get Peter and John. She, she's got to tell somebody this isn't okay, this isn't right. There's, there's supposed to be a stone covering this tomb. And, and she had maybe this mindset she was going to get the soldiers to move it so she could anoint this body. So she runs and she gets Peter and John and they run back with her. The Bible says John beat Peter to the tomb. They ran. He ran him, outran him fast. They all get there. The Bible says John stoops in to look, sees the linen cloth, steps back. Peter then stoops in, and at that point he steps in, and he actually enters into the tomb. And, and he doesn't just see the linen cloth, but he also sees the napkin that was about his head, which is folded separate from where the linen garment was. So as he's looking, the Bible says John then decides to enter in as well. And he enters in, and as he's entering in, he sees it. And the Bible says that John then believes. We're not going to stay there. There's, there's sermons throughout. What I've just told you, man, there's grip of sermons we could come up and preach and minister on. But we're not going there. We're going somewhere else. The Bible says that they both enter or, or, or return out of the tomb. And they get out of the tomb and they declare to Mary, we're going back. He's not there. He's not there. We're, we're going to go back. So as they leave and they head back to wherever they're going, the Bible declares that Mary's still crying. And finally she decides to stoop down and she looks in. But Mary sees something that the two boys didn't. The Bible says that she saw not only the linen cloth, not only the folded napkin, but she also saw two angels. One at the head of where the body of Christ had laid, and one at the feet. Very, very um, similar 
to, if you look back to the Ark of Covenant where the mercy seat was on the top of the Ark of the Covenant, you see two cherubims just literally looking at one another, one on one end and the other on the other. And according to scripture, the Bible says that Jesus Christ was our propitiation, which means mercy seat. Praise be to God. Okay, so that's a whole nother sermon. We're not going there either. Come on, come on, come on with me. The Bible declares that she's weeping. The angels ask her, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Well, that's great. She responds because they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've taken him. And when she had said this to the angels that are sitting there, angels that Peter and John didn't see, angels that she didn't obviously notice before she ran to get Peter and John, now she speaks back to them. I, I'm crying because my God's gone. My Lord is gone. She used the word Lord. And after she says those words, she turns around to exit. Man, there's another sermon in that as well. Good night. I, I, I was telling some folk when we talked about this sermon and uh, one of my messages before, I said, man, I'm just too inquisitive. I, I, I don't know that I would have left so quick. I, I don't know that all the events that have happened up to this point in this chapter would have occurred had it have been me. I, out of curiosity, I'd have not been beckoning some stuff. But she turns around to leave and and scripture declares, when she turns around, she sees Jesus. But wait, she didn't know it was him. Once again, this is not where we're staying either. We're not going to stay here. We're not going to minister on that. And there, there's, there's a sermon wrapped up in that one. Verse 15. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? What a strange thing to ask. What a strange thing to ask. You, 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 we're in a graveyard. <laughs> this, this is a burial place. I'm, I'm literally standing right in front of an empty tomb. And there's someone that just watched me turn around from this particular empty tomb. And, and the person asked, whom are you seeking? That's odd. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we're not going to stay here. We're not going to preach that sermon either. We're, we're going on. She thought him to be the gardener, and she said to him, Sir, if you have taken him somewhere, please tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Remember, we're talking about a woman here. We're not talking about a group of women. We're talking about a woman. And she used the personal tone, I, I will take him away. Really? Really? And once again, we're not going to stay there. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. Go on with me. It's verse 16. The Bible says, Jesus said unto her, chapter 20, verse 16, Mary, remember this, that according to scripture, it was literally two verses previous. Jesus has already spoke to her. He already spoke to her. He already, he already asked her. He had a dialogue with her. Who are you looking for? Whom are you seeking? Why are you crying? He's already spoke to her. But yet here, in verse 16, when he calls her name, she turns herself and says unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. It, it wasn't at the previous dialogue that she had any inclination that this man she thought to be the gardener, this man that she has spent a lot of time with in human flesh and blood, 
those words, that dialogue meant nothing to her. It didn't, it didn't spark her attention. It didn't pierce her heart. It wasn't until he called her name. Once again, brothers and sisters, and those listening that maybe you don't know the Lord, I want to say to you one more time, we're not staying here either. We're not going to preach any sermons throughout this point up to here. There are so many sermons we could preach, so many words I could give, so many other verses I could tie in with all the other stuff that we've already read, but that's not where we're staying. No, 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 we're, we're going to look at verse 17. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. Why would he say that? Why would he say that? Touch me not. Well, we know, we know why he said it, but what would have sparked him to say that? I could, I could imagine. I, I could, I could imagine, man, my, my mind just goes there. I have a sermon title for that. It, it is, what are you clinging to? I could just imagine at the moment he called her name, at the moment she recognized who he was, at that very moment, <laughs> I can just imagine it. She is crying out, Master, her arms spread out, and she lunges forward, whether to grab onto him across the chest and squeeze or to grab onto his feet and fall there. Whatever it may be, she was going to touch whom she had been looking for. <laughs> Case closed. Case solved. Who was missing is now found. I, 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 was, I was looking for him. I was hungry to find him. I came here with an intention to anoint him. And now I'm not looking anymore. I found him. I could just imagine her lunging forward just to grip, just to hold. I'm going to use the word cleave. An intention of the heart that says, man, I'm going to grab you and I am never going to let you go. I'm never going to experience what I've just spent the last, who knows, 20, 30 minutes or two to three hours dealing in all the chaos and all the turmoil of my heart and thinking that you were gone and thinking that somebody took you. I'm not ever going to do that again. I'm going to cleave to you. We see it actually in scripture. It's found in Genesis 2.24. The Bible says a man will leave his father and his mother and he will cleave unto his wife. The word cleave means so powerful that the two become one. This is such a tight-knit, such a, a closeness that you can't even see the difference between the two individuals. Also found in Acts 11.23, the Bible says that he instructed those that had come to the Lord to cleave unto the Lord. Now that you've heard about the Lord, now that you've heard about Christ, now that you've heard of the gospel, now that you've heard of salvation, I'm now telling you to cleave unto the Lord. Don't let him go. <laughs> Don't let him go. Deuteronomy 4.4. 4. Moses is instructing his people. He said, you saw what happened because of the issue of Belpior and, and God had to go through and God had to destroy lives. God had to call some things out because of sin, because of a desire for something other than God. 
But for those of you that clove, clave to the Lord, you survived. You lived. You walked in His promises. You were blessed. To cleave? I'm often reminded of the story in Scripture where the Bible says Jesus sat down at Lazarus' house and, and He was just talking with everybody, just teaching. You know how Jesus does. Man, he sits down, and there's some folks around. He's going to tell a story. It's called parable, and he does so to make the truths of the kingdom relative to your spiritual walk. And that's what he does. He does it all the time. And there he is in Lazarus' house, and he sits down, and he begins to speak. And everyone's mesmerized, and everyone's listening. And the Bible declares that there were two women, which were the sisters of Lazarus. It was Mary and Martha. And the Bible says that Mary sat at his feet. Martha went into the kitchen. She's busy getting stuff ready. She's the female of the house, and there's all these men here, and somebody's got to feed them. Come on, somebody. (laughs) There's a sermon wrapped up in that, too. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And so she comes out to Jesus. She says, wait, 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 Jesus, Jesus, aren't aren't you going to do something about that? She points to her sister. She says, she's sitting. I'm working I'm getting ready to prepare a food, a meal for you all. And she's sitting. And Jesus, you know what he said? Martha, you're so cumbered about with so many things. And Mary has chosen the greater thing. What was Mary doing? Mary was cleaving. You and I, we could get so tied up, so wrapped up. In so many things that we forget to cleave. And in some cases, maybe we've not forgotten to cleave, but we've forgotten to cleave to the right thing and we're cleaving to things that aren't important, things that are not important in the, in the light of eternity. My mommy used to say all the time, that mounts to about a hill of beans. There are things that we are so wrapped up in, holding so tight to, that in comparison with eternity and the goodness of God, they mount up to a hill of beans. I really believe at this moment in chapter 20 of John, Mary was thinking about cleaving. <laughs> Mary was thinking... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hug you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to hug you. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to hug you. You know, maybe I could encourage you through this word tonight or today, wherever you may be. And I, I say it all the time. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what parts you play In the family of God, I I don't know if you're the hand, if you're the foot. I don't know. I don't know if you're the big toe. I don't know. The right ear, I don't know. But what I do know is that whether you're saved or not, God has a purpose and a place for each one of you. For those that aren't saved, God wants you to enter into the family. God wants you to receive him. And I want to encourage each of you tonight that out of all the things we could be cleaving to, It should be the Lord. More than anything else, it should be the Lord. When our relationship with Him is right, 
And when it is cleaving in us to become one, God the Father and us, God the Son and us, the Holy Spirit and us, man, when that unity is there, then as we stretch out our hands in ministry, evangelism, the mission field, whether serving at our church or serving our neighbor or the neighbor, a neighbor, the person that's on the street that we don't know, whatever it may be, whatever facet it may be, it will work because our cleave is right. We've got it. We're cleaving to the one that really matters. We've chosen the greater thing. We've chosen the thing that will endure every storm, endure every trial, endure every sickness, endure every temptation. It will endure every turmoil. It will endure every good moment. It will endure every blessing, every fulfilled promise. It will endure through eternity when we choose to cleave to the Lord. Maybe if you're listening and you're not born again, I could say, honestly, you're like Mary that morning, that first day of that week. (laughs) You're searching for him. And you have not found him. And there's a part of you inside that knows he's there. And you just want to find him. You're hungry to find him. I want to encourage you now, though. I want you to hear me. Now, when you find him, (laughs) you don't have to worry about not cleaving. You're going to grab tight. You're going to hold fast. You are going to hold hard. You're going to squeeze. You're not going to let go. Why? Because Christ has ascended. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to now abide within us. And that's why Paul could say to the people in Acts chapter 11, verse 23, when you are saved and you're born again and you've entered into the family, you can cleave to God. He even encourages them. Cleave unto the Lord. Cleave unto the Lord. So I would say, as we look at all the moments in our lives and the things this world so strongly tries to persuade us to buy into, so strongly tries to persuade us to cleave to. I would even go there to say, maybe maybe you serve the Lord and maybe, maybe you're cleaving to tradition and not necessarily to the Lord. You're more concerned about the way about the way you do your service. You're more concerned you're more concerned about looks. You're more concerned about you're more concerned about what people think. You remember you're you're that's not where the cleave should lie. The cleave should lie to the Lord. Let him lead you. Let him inspire you. Let him strengthen you. Let him comfort you. Cleave to the Lord as that of a husband and wife. As you cleave, the two become one. That means you're going to commune with him. You're going to get in your word. That means you're going to be a faithful church attender. Why? Because you like to cleave. (laughs) You want to be where he's at. 
And you know that that presence of God is always intensified when you're within the body of Christ and everyone's gathered together in unity, worshiping and praising him, and his presence fills the house. Man. You cleave. This, this cleaving isn't just something you do on a Sunday morning. It's not just something you do on a Wednesday night. This is something you do from Sabbath to Sabbath. This is something you do from the first day of the week to the last day of the week. You cleave. It is a constant act. Just as a husband and wife, we don't just love our spouse when it feels good. We don't just love our spouse when it's convenient. We don't just love our spouse when it seems to make sense. No, we cleave 24-7. We cleave. Even more so, you and I need to be cleaving to the Lord. And as we become one, we will think like the Lord thinks. We'll begin to put off an aroma that will speak to others that we know a living God. Cleave. Cleave you've been listening and you don't know this Lord I want to encourage you right now I don't I don't I don't want to spend eight hours encouraging you because you know the spirit of God will draw men unto him and you're listening that's the beginning work of the Holy Ghost he's just drawn you to the Father the Lord says in Romans that he doesn't want anybody to perish why <laughs> because he would love to be in a love relationship with you he loves his creation. He loves his people. Even those that may be backslidden, even those that may be walking in rebellion, even those that don't know him, he loves you and he's calling out to you and you can feel the pulling of the Holy Ghost just saying, come, come. The Lord wants to have a relationship with you where you and him become one. You'll sense his presence when you walk into an area that's not full of him. You'll know it and you don't want to be there. Why? Because you just want to cleave. And if it offends him and it would be something that would keep him out, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. And so you're listening and you don't know the Lord, man, I would just encourage you just to call out. Just call out to God. Just say, God, I need you. I want to be like Mary Magdalene. I, I could even say I've been searching. And I want to declare that today I found you. And I'm never going to let you go. I'm going to cleave as Paul exhorts believers in Acts 11.23 to cleave unto the Lord. I want to do so. If you receive the, the Lord right now, I want you to know that the angels in heaven are in celebratory mode. They are rejoicing, applauding over the one that comes home, whether it's the lost that has never known him or the backslidden that is coming back. Every life that comes home the angels in heaven rejoice over your return. Those that are listening, you know the Lord. I just want to encourage you. Maybe your cleave hasn't been so strong. Maybe your cleave has only been ever so often. Maybe your cleave 
has never even really been a thing. I want to encourage you. Open up scripture. Look at John chapter 20. Read this section from verse 1 to verse 16. And I want you to just read the first words of of 2017 where Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. And as you are there, I want you to soak on that. Because I want you to see her reaching out to hold him. You and I have an opportunity to grab him right now. We found him. He is with us. He abides with us. Grab a hold. Don't let go. Make a declaration in your heart. I am cleaving to the Lord for every moment of every day for the rest of eternity. I'm never going to let him go. And Jesus, you could hear him reply. As the Father's literally bringing you in and saying, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You could hear Jesus reply, You've chosen the greater thing. I love you and I'm so glad you've sat with me. I'm so glad you've turned me on on this podcast and tuned me in. I'm so glad that you're here with me. I pray this word doesn't leave your spirit. I pray that you hold tight to it. Don't forget it. Father God, I ask that you just go with your people, watch over them, protect them. Lord, may we rejoice in the fact that we're thankful for all that you've done in our lives, all that you're doing right now, and all that you are still yet to do in accordance with your word, fulfilling every promise, every promise that is yes and amen to be fulfilled. We stand in agreement with your word. We stand in hope and belief and our hearts hungry and ready and ever active in cleaving unto you. May we never, may we never lose the cleave. I love you, Father, and I thank you once again for this opportunity you've given us, whether the hearer to hear or me the speaker to minister. May we all be not just hearers of your word, but doers also. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Be blessed in the Lord. And I'll see you again here at Live, Love, and Grow Through the Word.